may not mean nothing to y'all But understand nothing was done for me So I don't plan on stopping at all I want this thing forever, man Never mind, never mind mm. I shouldn't shut down in the mall And selling that girl, she the one for me Now do good for two hours I ain't no planning at all <laughs> I want this thing forever, man Woo! And we are back right here on the Real 1100 AM iHeartRadio, taking in all over the world. All over the globe. And it is a big scoop Thursday, and I got a big show for you today. I got a big guy. I mean, this man has been developing the economy over there on the south side of Atlanta for his entire life. Yeah. <laughs> man, I noticed how you caught you. You're like, I got a big guy. He, he <laughs> looked at you like, who's calling fast? <laughs> I had a gaze of weight, so yeah. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Joining us today from Urban Pulse, Mr. Christopher. What's up? What's up? Glad to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. It's always a pleasure to sit down and be able to talk about the South Side. And so glad to be here to uh, really just pump up the stuff that's going on and uh, spend a couple hours with y'all or hour, I guess, with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, first of all, let's get something off table. I don't appreciate how you came in here making us look bad. <laughs> you up in here suited up, yeah, like suited right up. cap and everything. Right. Listen, I, listen, they said I was coming on the number one business show there in the go. world, so I figured I need to look the part. So I, I put it on. I put it on. <laughs> oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get these announcements out of the way real quick. If you are out in the Smyrna area, I want you to go visit all my friends over at Titans Fitness, world-class training facility, uh, fitness programs, nutrition. Mm-hmm. And no McDonald's, Jeff. Hey, you got to let the McDonald's go, Jeff. I heard that the fries actually help your metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> it helps it slow down a lot. <laughs> but if you do want to get a free training on me, you can visit right there online at titans.net. Or you can visit them uh, at 1834 South Cobb Industrial Boulevard. Uh, go in and ask to speak with Rachel Stuckett from Impact Fitness, and she will give you a training right here on the number one rated business show. If you're out in the Douglasville area and you want to stay looking good, want to stay looking fly, uh-huh. like I need to go visit my guy tomorrow, mm. uh, I want y'all to go visit Studio 1211. You can call schedule an appointment right there at 770-485-6772 uh, or visit them right there at 6405 Fairburn Road uh, right there in beautiful Douglasville, Georgia. That sounds good. And we got a lot of work going on out there too. A lot. Really? <laughs> <laughs> So much traffic. But, no, thank you so much for joining us in studio today, Mr. Pike. Uh, I, I know it's been a while since we've been able to kind of sit down and talk because I know right. you've been over in the city of South Fulton doing all that work down there that you did. Right. And, I mean, Lord, that South Fulton is growing like crazy, brother. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ever since they got their cityhood, it's just been boom, 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 boom. That's all you hear about now. So fool, so fool, so fool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Lord. Well, I tell you, you know, I tell everybody that South Fulton is one of the fastest growing cities not only in the state, but in the country. I mean, they are. We're, when I was there, we were building about 1,100 single-family homes a year. So if you wow, think about wow. that, that's phenomenal, bro. I mean, some some cities only do maybe you know 20, 30 new homes a year. So wow. to be able to see that amount of growth. But I tell everybody, man, the future of Metro Atlanta is on the south side. Everything oh, yeah. south of I-20. I mean, that is really the future because you know. Gwinnett County, I mean, how many more people can you Bruh. squeeze up there? Yeah. I, it's like <laughs> yeah. they're going to have to take 85 and make a whole other highway. Right. You cannot get up or down 85 any yeah. time of the day going to Gwinnett. Right. It's crazy. Right. So I don't know why nobody want to live up there. That's the truth. I, I don't I don't know why they would either, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, I, 
I, I tell people, though, you know, when you look at what's going on and what's happening, we got to be prepared to take advantage of the opportunities oh, yeah. that come. So that's the other thing is being able to plan, make sure that the cities are really connected and plugged into what their future looks like. Because the worst thing you could happen is have development happen to you and you not participating in it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I tell that from folks who live here. You know, you have folks who have lived on the south side 30, 40, 50 years, generational folks, mm-hmm. and you don't want development to happen to them if you if you look at some of the stuff that's going on in atlanta with gentrification stuff oh, like yeah. that um that's just because you didn't have right policies in place mm-hmm. to address that stuff we all knew it was coming oh, yeah. you know but you got to have the professionals sitting there saying hey we need to address this stuff we need to make sure that we're not pushing out people who help build this community mm-hmm. and so i think that's one thing that you know folks need to look at on the south side is, hey, how do we address this growth that's coming? Because everything that I'm seeing, all the information I'm reading saying that city of Atlanta or metro Atlanta is going to grow by 1.3 million people by 2030. So wow, think about, think about wow. how that's not, but what, like eight years from now or something like that? Exactly. That's a lot of traffic right <laughs> But, but, but yeah. tell me this, why is it that south side has become so attractive? I mean, don't get me wrong, you got the airport down there that brings mm-hmm. a lot of jobs. But why the South Side? You you that we see this just big emergence. Like everybody want to be on that on the down here in the South now. I think it has to do with uh, the professionals. So if you think about it, five six years ago, most of the cities on the South Side didn't have economic development professionals. Mm. No, they did not. So what happened is once you started getting those professionals, what I told people when I walked in the door was, we're going to control our narrative. We're going to tell our story about our community the way that we think it should be told. Mm -hmm. And I think that started resonating with people. So once you control that narrative, you start telling that story over and over again, and then you start bringing people down, telling them how great the South Side is, then it starts to resonate with folks. And I think that's what you're starting to see. You can't underestimate the importance of having folks at the table that know how to position your community to win. And so I think that's really what you're seeing. And so all of these communities now understand that that's how you get growth. That's how you get responsible growth. And that's how you get desirable businesses because everybody knows um, the people who were playing in the South Side were planning it for warehouses and industrial. And you're starting to see that narrative change a lot because now folks are saying, well, we want the same thing that folks in Alpharetta have and folks in Roswell and Sandy Springs. And so that's when you're starting to see that, that type of development come on the South Side. But it took time. I mean, you have to, you have to sit at the table, talk to developers and get them to understand, like, listen, this is our expectation and you have to come down and meet that expectation. How can a community get involved in knowing what's going on and helping create the narrative for their community? Because a lot of times the community will find out about it after it happened. I mean, there's nothing they can do about it. And they don't know actually where to go to find out or, you know, who to contact. They basically go, hey, it's time to vote. I like this guy's shirt. I'm gonna vote for him. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, they don't even right. know what's going Especially on. Especially on right. the on these smaller elections, for yeah. real. Because yeah. a lot of times you don't know who the people on the ballots are. Yeah, that, that's true. And listen, I tell people all the time: citizens have a responsibility as well in this whole situation. They yeah. have to be plugged in, and there's too many avenues not to be plugged in now. Okay. So yeah. back in the day, before you had social media and the internet and all that, I mean, you had to read and find a little meeting notice in the <laughs> newspaper and <laughs> a little want column. Yeah. But, but that's not the case anymore. So people have to be intentional about being plugged in. And I tell folks that all the time. You know, citizens come and, and they complain and, and they raise hell at these meetings and stuff. But we know for a fact that the you know, the the government or the city is putting out information trying to get people plugged in. And uh, so they, they take a big 
but they have a big responsibility and role in that. They got to yeah. they got to be intentional about being. So stop in. looking at these TikTok dances and start reading something. <laughs> right. Well, you know, if you follow like one of the cities on TikTok and they post in their meet notice, <laughs> that's fine to be on TikTok. Yeah. But um, but you got to be intentional about being plugged in. And there's just like I said, too much information out there. The the other thing is. You know, you got to have people out there that want the community to be involved. Okay. And if okay. you and if you have to be intentional about saying, "Hey, community, we having this meeting. We want y'all to come and go out there and engage folks to have them come." And when I work with developers, I tell them all the time. I said, "The worst thing you can do is have a, a zoning application for mayor and council, and then people come with pitchforks against your project because <laughs> it's it's dead on arrival. It's not going to get approved. So you have mm-hmm. to do as a developer. You have to go out there and talk to the community and be like, hey, this is what we're trying to do. We'd like to get your feedback. Come to this meeting and tell us, hey, we like that. No, we don't like that. This sucks. That you know. So that way, when you go and you present to the mayor and council community and be like okay well we know about that we don't agree with everything but we can yeah. deal with the most of what they got going on and so i, th- I think that's the other part of it as well so, okay now, now how, how should people look at uh things from a, a level of an economist what 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 is actually that essential role or what's one of the things that you do as far as being an economist but i'm not an economist so let me, so i think that's what it was funny because when i first started with city of south Fulton, we had somebody to get up and make public comment it's like how can somebody do economic development and they're not an economist and i'm wow. like mm-hmm. i was like well economic development professionals aren't economists we give economists something to talk about okay so okay, <laughs> okay. so the economic development they, right. and they, right. just, they call this yeah. they just tell them what's happening right right they mm-hmm. just report on the stuff that we're doing that's what they, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what we do is we go out and we actually engage the the folks to actually get the stuff built that economists talk about. So when we talk about job creation, well, somebody has to be on the local level making that job creation happen. Mm -hmm. Or if we're talking about new home sales, or we're talking about new new capital investment in a market, those are people like me that are out there pounding the pavement, going to talk to folks to get stuff actually coming out of the ground. And and then that's what economists then go back and report on. Well, we've had this (laughs) much growth. Oh, they get the credit. Well, they don't get the credit. you know, I think most they just get to yeah, commentate. They, no. Yeah, they get to they get to they get to give us our report card. They were okay. they score us on oh, what okay. we've done. That's what okay. they do. But that that's how that works. But from from understanding that though, and we we do understand how the markets work, and we do understand you know how employment affects the economy, how job creation affects the economy, how bringing in new capital investment affects the economy. Okay. The reality is, the more opportunities you create for people, the better economy is going to be. And so, we we do understand that, but we're actually physically do the work as opposed to doing the reporting of the work. So, wow, yeah, yeah, that's Kevin. the best way. That's the best way to break it down from an economist to an economist. It's like it's like this, you know. There's the guy behind that Marcus, and there's the guy in front of the daggone mic that takes all the credit. Right. Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Uh, I, feel like there's some shot, I feel like there's some shots fired. Somebody got to make it look good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, when we start looking at you know our, our economy and you start looking at different cities, especially emerging cities, mm-hmm. what, what are some of those opportunities that people should be aware of? Or what's some of the more obvious opportunities that people miss a lot of times? Right. So I think the thing that most people... Well, well, let me back up a little bit to that, because in order to be able to take advantage of opportunity, you have to be prepared for the opportunity. Okay. Okay. And I think the thing, not I think, I know the issue that with most businesses, because we saw it when we were giving out money for CARES Act funding, we were giving grants to businesses. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have basic foundational stuff in place to be able to take the grant. All we asked for was two years business tax return and a business license. 
okay. and and people businesses didn't have that. So that says that you're not set up properly as a business. And so you oh, yeah. can't take advantage of opportunities if your business isn't set up right. I mean, we were basically just giving away free money. All you had to do was show your tax returns and your business license. And, okay. and, and they couldn't even do that. So I think it's important to understand that this development and growth is happening, but if you're not set up right, you ain't gonna be able to take advantage of any you, of that you, stuff. You know, with this big mm. with this big push for entrepreneurship in our community, for mm-hmm. real, it's funny that we still got them two different attitudes. You got some folks that got the attitude like, "Hey, bro, you just need to have your paperwork and your taxes done. Ain't that big yeah. of a deal?" Man. And then you got, "Man, I gotta do all that." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, the, I, I just can't believe no, that. No, the problem with entrepreneurial, um, I guess you would say entrepreneurialism today is because of social media and a lot of the miseducation, people confuse hustling okay. with owning a business. Right, right. And that's, true. and that's the difference. So they're like, I don't I really think a lot need of the paperwork. I can make, yeah, I can make all this money. I don't need a business license because I don't want the big, the government in my business. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so when it comes down to it, and they're like taxes, oh, I don't want to pay taxes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide this and hide that. But Can't then when they try no to more. go get a loan, <laughs> Right. They don't have everything in order. And so I think that's the biggest problem, that entrepreneurialism has been a hustle instead of a business in a lot of the narrative online. And so they, they're getting it confused. Because right. it, it just seemed like to me a lot a lot of times in our community, and I ain't trying to down our own folks, but it seemed like we're so ill-prepared for things. Because it's like other other races and stuff, they go start their own businesses. They, they start from marketing plan. Business plan, who, strategy, business licenses. But who do you listen to? Market. No, but check it out. Who do you listen to? The problem is a lot of our businesses, we listen to people on social media and right. we get entertained, right. not informed. Okay. Where other cultures, they have a business. Like, for instance, I have a friend that had a, a, a Indian restaurant. And he said how they set it up was they came to him and said, we're going to give you X amount of dollars. You have to do this, this, and this to set up your restaurant. And in two, three years, you have to give back and you have to teach the next person. This, this So they got a game plan just laid out for them and, and they follow the plan. What we do is we kind of look online and say, hey, that yeah. guy, got, he looked like he got a lot of money. I, I, and, I, and, and that's true. We, we got to teach and train. That's the problem. We, we're not teaching and training. Like, for example, I started my company when I left the city of South Fulton. Well, my daughter, who's in college right now, okay. she wants to be an entrepreneur. She's doing fashion design. Well, I told her, I said, well, you're going to be my business manager for Urban Pulse. You're going to send out the invoices. You're going to make the deposits. You're going to pay all the bills. And what I'm doing, she don't want to do this, what I'm doing <laughs> for a living, but she wants to own her own business. Yeah. And so yeah, while, she's an, while she's a phenomenal at fashion design and making clothes, she's at the house making clothes right now for folks. It, while she's phenomenal at that, the problem is she's got to understand how to also properly run her business so that she can take advantage of situations. Just like when I was in Albany and we were trying to get minorities contracts to do mm-hmm. all this construction that was going on. Well, you have to be able to be bonded to do construction in government. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. that's where all the easy money is in government because they're handing money oh, yeah. out left and right. But you have to have certain things in place to be able to get those government contracts. Yeah. <clears throat> and folks get mad because it's like, well, you know, the— the council is majority black or black people running the city. But, yeah, we still have to be accountable how we manage exactly. the money. You still yeah, have to be accountable. Yeah. Hook. Right. And so we want you to win. Like I tell people all the time, the greatest documentary I ever watched was the one about Maynard Jackson. 
and mm-hmm. how he I tell people I don't have any documentation that this actually occurred and is true. But I believe it in my heart that Maynard Jackson single handedly created more black millionaires probably than any other person in modern history. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just about the way he handled and managed stuff that happened at the airport and the expansion of the airport, making sure black people got advantages to do yeah. construction at the airport oh, yeah. um but he but he still did it through policy it wasn't like he just took a check out of the city of atlanta's you know checking account and wrote it to people you know what i'm saying yeah you know you want you want our folks to take advantage of these opportunities but you still have to have some accountability on your end so you know so we don't end up in jail you know what i'm saying a lot of times yeah. i think we grow up you know thinking that that bucking school and all this type of stuff Oh, uh, man, I ain't doing all that. Or dropping out of school and all this makes you cool or give you some type right. of rite of passage as a man in the hood or whatever. But a lot of times what ends up happening is a lot of that type of stuff, you should have sat there and learned how to right. get that paperwork well, straight. Well, even in school, a or lot of times. rules from well, somebody. Well, no, even in school, you know, they don't really teach you a lot yeah. of that. They, schools fail people. Yeah, they, I know that's hard to say. We don't want to admit that. But schools, and I teach my children this. I, t- you know, my daughter's in college and everything. But if you look at some of the most successful people in this world, they none of them they exactly. dropped out of college. They dropped because out. college does is it conditions you to work for other people. Exactly. Exactly. And and yeah. and schools, classrooms, K through whenever they don't they don't teach you the things that you need to know to be successful. They teach you how to work and follow oh, yeah. rules. That's what they yeah. teach you how to do. And the problem is if you don't have somebody there, a parent or somebody teaching your child yes you need to know how to add one plus one but there's way more stuff to the world than that <laughs> so, he, brought, he brought tears to my eyes <laughs> but you but know no, that's so true because if you yeah. even think about it school start eight o'clock in the morning they let you go around about three something yeah. you know yeah. what i'm saying college no. your first stuff started about eight no, o'clock though, in the morning check it out the most interesting thing is i don't know about y'all schools but how many schools taught you how to even balance a checkbook? Right. Not one. Let Not a, one. let alone a financial you know, statement or anything of that nature. Right. Right. But you know, I I, I got to push back on that because I I've really really thought about that, especially being a parent myself. Yeah. I don't think I want them teaching my kids that type of stuff. Teach them what they need to know. Give them the basics, the history, and all this. Let them get past the driver's test and all this. Daddy got it. I don't want y'all teaching. But them see, that's how that, to, that that's you're an active parent in mm-hmm. that aspect, and you're an entrepreneur. Think about it from a parent that is a nine to fiver and they're right. just keeping their head down waiting for that pension. So right. I'm saying so they're not teaching you entrepreneurial skills. They're just like, hey, yeah, just get good grades. Oh, yeah. Right. Be accepted by your teacher. Your right. teacher says one plus one equals ten. It is what it is. I don't care what you think. Right. Don't think for yourself. That's why they took critical thinking out of college. Well, they don't want me. you to think right. for yourself. Trust and me. So, no, but l- listen to this. I always say this. There is a game. Now, there's ones that don't even know it's a game. Mm-hmm. There's ones that know it's a game but don't know the rules to the game, don't know how to play <laughs> it. And then there's ones that actually know it's a game and they make the rules to the game. Oh, yeah. The problem is a lot of us are listening to people that don't even know it's a game. Wow. So they don't even know I need a business license. They oh, just yeah. think I can just set up a website, You still e-commerce, think your guys are here for you and all yeah, that. And <laughs> I can make money and it'll all work itself out. They don't know, like you said with your daughter, that – the majority of your business is doing things that you don't even like doing oh, until yeah. you hire somebody to do those things. And and it's overwhelming when you're like, oh, I got to balance my books. I got to do right. this. I got to do that. And that makes your business now not fun to do because oh, yeah. we've always been taught you like to make sh- make shirts, make shirts, go out right. there and make some shirts, right. just sell some shirts. Yeah. And that's your business. But actually, there's 20 other jobs you got to do. And then by the time you get around to making your shirts, you, you're like, I don't want to do this. Right. 
Right. Exactly. Right. And, but and to that point, though, when you talk about hiring other people, you do want to hire other people. And I, and I watched your show the other day where uh, Airbnb was talking about. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was talking about, you know, hire people so you don't have to. Do, but you want to make sure you know how to do everything, oh, yeah. because the reality is you want to make sure your accountant's not ripping you off because that exactly. happens a lot. Yeah, so yeah, you got to be able to check those books and know, OK, these numbers make sense based on the production we've been doing and our expenses. you got to be able to know you got to check the people who are checking you. Yeah, and, no, that, <laughs> so, yeah. but, but that's yeah. such good advice for yeah. entrepreneurs because a lot of times, you know, even with me, we open the, the apparel shop out there and hire them. I don't want to be a screen printer, bro. It's right. a lot of work. Right. But I'm taking the class to make sure I understand what the person that I'm hiring is supposed to be doing. Know what good right. So that way like. he can't come over there and get yep. an over on me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Man, we got you. We got you. No, you don't. Nah, know what good <laughs> looks like. Yeah. But, but the other thing about that is, and that's one of the things that always killed me about the government, is that, you know, we only train one person to do something. And when that person's out... <laughs> We shut down that function yeah, of the yeah. government. We well, she on vacation. You ain't gonna be able to get this done till they come back in next week. No, yeah. you got to cross trains. Good business got to keep oh, yeah. going. If somebody on vacation, this function still needs to happen. And it's yeah. the same way in your business. You got to know. You don't have to do everything, but you have to know how to do everything. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and if you don't, then you've kind of failed as a business owner. And I know once you get to a certain level. That's not necessarily true. Like, I don't think Elon Musk is out there putting tires on the cars that's coming off the assembly line. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but I think he would if he had yeah, to. Yeah, but he yeah. might. I think he, he might, would if he, he had might. to, honestly. He's serious he about it. Yeah. yeah. But, but so at some point you, you grow past some of that. But the reality is you got to know, especially if you're a small business, how to keep your business running if, you, if something happens, something yeah. pops off and somebody's gone. Now, I, I'm glad you uh, uh, mentioned Elon Musk because I, I love this conversation. You mentioned Elon Musk. Well, one of us did. Well, I, <laughs> I said, I said, Elon Musk not out there putting tires on his car. Yeah, but yeah. no, no, I, I love that you mentioned that because you know we had this conversation all the time. You know, we still sitting here arguing over these little small independent things that we argue over, and you know, racism and all this other type of stuff, and they building literally the next economy right above our, our heads up there in space. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And none of us is thinking about it. Right. Like I don't know, not one black business is in space tech anywhere. Like yeah. seriously, when I, I I can't think of none of my friends that came to, to me anything about trying to even put a cheeseburger stand in space. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. But they're building this whole brand new infrastructure. How do we need to? Well, how do we start changing our vision? Because I, I what I've seen working with small businesses and and medium sized businesses and even some large businesses over my career over the last 15 years, our vision is so much smaller. Right. Yeah. And I and I guess it's being realistic. But it's a lot of times folks come to me with such a small, small vision. It's not realistic. You know how, but but do you know how often, and I hate to say this, in the black community when I'm sitting down consulting with somebody, I hear the word million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a million dollars is it, it, But nothing. no, what, what I'm saying is I, I barely even hear it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Man, I can make you know, 10, 15,000 or, or 20,000 yeah. a year. And then I sit down with these big white corporations or, or these white businesses, even the white startups. Man, we can, we can scale to 1.2 in the first year. And then after right. this, why are we not on this thought process? I think it goes back to the to I don't want to make it that simple that it's more than just education, but it's the conditioning. So because as a culture and as a race, black people are so far behind when it comes to having access to capital, when it comes to having resources to build a business. We're only we're we're 30, 40 years behind everybody else. So, yeah, a million dollars is what we've been conditioned because 
40, 50 years ago, a million dollars was a lot of money. We know yeah. today that's a million dollars. Tough time. If you, it's like 100000 when I was growing up. If you have a six-figure job just working for somebody, you're going to have a million dollars by, you know, within a few yeah. years, you know, just the nature of your salary. So, so that in itself is just what we've been conditioned to believe in. You know, my generation, we made more money than the generation before and that generation. And so we're thinking incrementally we're advancing, but we're not advancing fa- as fast as other societies just because of where we've started. It's yeah. it's like that video that's all on social media where they put all these kids in a line to do a race. And they told all the black kids to stand still and they told the white kids to start running. Oh, yeah. And then after they got to a certain place, then they told the black kids to start running. And they're trying to catch up. Oh, yeah. But they're so far ahead that they're not going to catch up. And yeah. so that's kind of how we are. Uh, from a societal standpoint and access to resources. We're going to hold it right there. We'll be right back right here on the Real 1100 AM iHeartRadio checking in all over the world. We'll be right back with the one and only Christopher Pike. I am KC Pride. And, and Mr. Marketology. We'll be right back after this. Since I've been single wanna be matrix Dodge call like the matrix Dodge call like Steady on top Better believe They keep praying on my fall Y'all better believe I'ma die on top, better believe I just watch my ups team up, y'all better believe Mr. Rockstar KC and Mr. Marketology invite everybody to join us at our brand new time for the number one rated morning show at 10 a.m. in the morning. Live on the Real 1100 AM and iHeartRadio all over the world. And that's Monday through Friday. Woo! is breaking you need to be connected and need to know what's going on you want local coverage because that's where you'll get the real story when it comes to sports you want local coverage of your favorite pro and college teams because they've got the inside scoop the iHeartRadio app gives you local coverage from over 1500 radio stations across the country keeping you informed and best of all the iHeartRadio app is free download it or go to iHeartRadio.com Tune your radio. Tune in. Now. You can tune in to this radio station on any smartphone or tablet. iPhone. Android. Blackberry. Nokia. Samsung. Windows phones. Or whatever you have. Download the free TuneIn app from your phone or tablet's app store. Tune in with music, sports, news, and comedy. From over 70,000 radio stations around the world, including this Beasley Broadcast Group station. Check it out at TuneIn.com. Or your app store. What up, y'all? It's your boy Rodney Perry, comedian extraordinaire, and I'm rocking with my boy KC Pride on the number one rated business show. What? We are back right here on the Real 1100 AM iHeartRadio, taking in all over the world. It's Big Scoop Thursday. It's the Scoop. <laughs> and we definitely got a great interview uh, for you today. Once again, we're sitting here talking with Christopher Pike. We're talking about vision. Yeah. How to create the right vision before you even get started. So jumping back in that conversation, I love what you said uh, right before we went to break because it, it's always been one of those kind of jokes in our community. It's like, well, you give me a fuck your head start, I'd be way out there too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. But no, it, it, it's vision. How how do we get our people to increase the, that, that vision just to be a little bit bigger than what folks thinking? Because a lot of times it's like, we we trying to be so real, and we scared to really, really put something big out there because they don't want to fail big. I, I I really don't even know what it is at this point. I can't do nothing that small, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think from 
what I see is it's it's fear. So, again, we've been conditioned to think, well, you go to college, go to school, get you a good job, nine mm-hmm. to five. I mean, I just left a good job making more money than I ever made. But <laughs> but the reality is you're never going to be more than that job. And so I think what happens wow. is we get conditioned to think, well, this is what we're supposed to do. And then we get, you know, we, life happens. You have kids, you get a mortgage, you have car payments now. Oh, so yeah. now you're stuck. Yeah. And so you don't want to jump out there because of the fear of failure. And so we've just been conditioned to think, well, this is what we're, we're supposed to do. And there's so much more to that. And and even if you get conditioned to that, again, just like you said, knowing your awareness, you need to know, like, okay, I've been conditioned for this, but I don't want my children to be conditioned for this. Wow. And I think okay. that's the thing that, you know, you have to be understanding where you are. Because sometimes we're in situations that we just can't get out of because, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to have a place to live. So you got to have money to pay your mortgage or your yeah. rent. So what, what I found, yeah. honestly, it don't matter how much you get paid as far as income. Whatever your check is, before you know it, you're going to outlive it. Yep. Like, seriously. And they're only going to pay you enough to make you keep coming back to work every day. Oh, That's yeah. It. Yeah, but I think what was that mean that you know your job pays you something? just enough, just enough for you not to quit, and you do just enough for not to get fired, <laughs> right? Right? Or no, they they pay you enough to make you forget your dreams. I think that's what <laughs> oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And so again, just that that under that mentality of you know you got to come and show up for a check and do the minimum work. But I tell what I tell people, what I tell my kids all the time is like, listen, I said just like when I left. Mm-hmm. A week later, they posted my job. If I died, they would have posted my job. Oh, yeah. If I left, they would have yeah. posted my job. And there's no benefits for my children past my being alive or being present at that job. And so when when you talk about entrepreneurship and stepping out and, and not living by that fear, you want to create something that if I die now, at least my children have an asset that they can then sell, that they can st- then live Definitely. their life after I'm gone. Yeah. And I think that's the mindset that we need to get into and, you know, quite frankly, I mean, we're having an honest conversation here. I hear a lot of, of black families be like, well, they're going to have to get their own stuff. I got mine. And, what? and there, there's no talk about generational wealth. And yeah. that's really the business that I'm in. Oh, yeah. I, I do other stuff, but, you know, I grew up dirt poor. Like, I've oh, yeah. lived in homeless shelters before. So wow. my thing is let's stop this cycle. Let's create some generational wealth. Just like when you tell your kids, oh, well, they're 18, they need to go out and get their house. Well, my daughter's upstairs in my room right in her room right now because I don't want her to have to be like, oh, I need to go out and, and, and do this yeah. so that I can make money to pay my rent. No, you get yourself established. Get yourself where you can do some impactful things that are going to build a future for you and your children. And then that's kind of the mindset and the posture that that we need to have and, and we need to take. And I just don't think we do that enough. Yeah. No, that, that is so true because it, even with me, when my father passed away, he left me with $10,000. It yeah. took $9,000 to bury him and $1,000 to feed everybody. So you better than saying. me, man. Than me. <laughs> that's my, all the legacy I got. Yeah, right. you better than me. My dad passed. We didn't get nothing. My mom just told me this is what's in the attic. Take what you want. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. no, we, we definitely have to start thinking on that level because too many times we don't get that, that jump in life or our kids don't get that jump in life that so many other folks, you know, got. Right. And I think also we need to change our, first of all, two things. One, we need to be observant. Like you mentioned before, when you look at successful people and you start looking at their documentaries, which we don't do because we're looking okay. too much at music videos, mm-hmm. you look at their documentary and look at their path and dissect their path and say, okay, if I want to be successful like them, here's some successful clues that are left to be so. Right. You know, when you look at them, most of them did not go to college and go get a nine-to-five job and work 20 years and then all of a sudden retire and then say, okay, I'm going to now start this business. No, they didn't. 
But the problem is we listen to other people say this is what you should do. And then when you start saying, well, how many people did that and was successful at a level that I want to be? Exactly. We don't do that. So we need to be more observant, first of all. And then second, we need to surround ourselves with people that can give us that vantage point, right. that perspective. You know, if, if you are actually going to some of these networking events, like with commissioners and things of that nature, and you start hearing their conversations, now you're getting into a new environment, so oh, yeah. you start seeing different things. The problem is we want to hang out at networking events with the club and blah, blah, right. and we're hanging out with we people in the, the same pool that we're in yep. trying to tell us how to get out the pool and be somewhere else. Right. Yeah, one one of the greatest quotes that I that I've ever heard, and I don't, it might have been some social media stuff while we're talking about social media, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's you, you know, if you're sitting in a room or you're in a room and you're the smartest person in the room, then yeah, you're, you're in, in the wrong, wrong room. room. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's the thing we we get so caught up in, you know, our our insecurities that we don't want to go and associate with people who know more than us, who are bigger than us, who who might be better in us in something. I'm not yeah. saying no one's better. Why, than anybody, why but we do some, that though? Like, serious, because I, I remember back when I was a little bit younger or whatever, and, and it, it just occurred to me one time. I was sitting there, I was talking to a group of doctors, mm-hmm. and it was like, why do I feel intimidated by y'all? Because at the end of the day, I'm not fixing to go in your operating room and do nothing, but you ain't fixing to step in my lane and do nothing right. either. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm the king of marketing and, and branding and all this type of stuff, and you the king of being a doctor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So why do we feel that way when we get around our peers I, or, or get around more successful people? I think a lot of it goes back to the conditioning. Yeah. We've been conditioned yeah. to be accepted. I mean, literally, most of our lives, we're striving to be accepted by somebody else that has no impact on our lives. Right. Wow. And that's wow. why. But and, and it and that's true. But I, it's funny because um, last week I was in a in a situation, a conversation with somebody, and you're thinking I'm like, well, I, here I am, I'm 43, I'm I feel like I'm a kid, like listening to these folks, and I. But what I had to tell myself was, you know, I'm learning from these folks. You're never too old to learn. So even yeah. though you've oh, yeah. done a lot, you have a lot of experiences. When you are in a place that is is stretching you then you're going to feel uncomfortable a little bit. But you have yeah. to be okay with that in order to be able to get those nuggets that you need to be able to grow. Now, That's when so I true. left that room, I was much better off because now I had some insight that I didn't have before, which helps me be more impactful in what I'm doing from a career standpoint. And I think that's the thing we have to be okay with is you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, And you have to get to that point mentally to be able to grow. Everything that that's you all. want. Is right outside your comfort zone. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I promise you. It's like once, and, and I feel you because when I first started, when, uh, when I first started going to networking events and all this type of stuff, it was the most just uncomfortable, nervous type feeling. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing, to say to somebody, or just walking up to perfect strangers and this type of stuff. And a lot of times, a lot of my friends let me down. They didn't want to go. Right. I yeah. ended up having to go by myself. Yep. But here, here we are, 10, 15 years later. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, yeah. It's a much b- different story. So a lot of times you got to get out that comfort zone and just keep pushing, and, mm-hmm. and and until you feel comfortable. And then once you start to feel comfortable, guess what? You need to go get uncomfortable again. Yeah. You just stop growing. Yep. So what is what are some of the things you've done to actually position yourself with some major players, especially in a, a, a federal government, you know, uh, corporate setting? Because a lot mm-hmm. of times that's a different game. Right. We, you know, we we want to go in there and be authentic, which you should be authentic. Mm-hmm. But we don't understand that the language is different. The game right. is different. How did you 
uh, position yourself in a way or get in, get to those tables? Good question. Yeah, that, no, that's well, a great question. My questions are good. <laughs> that's a great question. He so, said, like I be saying, I know he, he was like, man, you had an epiphany. Wow. That, that's your one good thought yeah, for the he, week. He actually got a brain. <laughs> <on, man. laughs> No, so what I t- and it's funny because I do a Wisdom Wednesday video and I talked about this today about um, building your personal brand. Okay, and I think really that's what it that's what it stems from. Uh, I tell people all the time, there's nothing special about me other than I just live my purpose, and then I I go out and every day operate in that purpose. And I think people attract to and you. And he light skin, Joe. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there for you. And yeah. he light skin. Light, light, light skin helps a little bit. He's only light skin because it's cold outside. Listen, <laughs> I, did, I did go to Puerto Rico a few weeks ago. I got dark. I got real dark. Uh, but it, that's funny you said the light skin. I'm going to tell a quick story and I'm going to get back over. My friend, my, my, my best friend, uh, he and I sold radio advertising. We actually worked for Clear Channel, not iHeartMedia. Wow, okay. Uh, back in Albany, and we sold radio. And he was he's short and, and dark-skinned. I'm tall and light-skinned. And I always dressed. You know, I didn't always wear a three-piece suit, but I always had on <laughs> a, a tie and some pants and stuff. Yeah. And every time we would go somewhere together, everybody would talk to me, and they would never <laughs> talk to him. And so one day, he's like, Pike, you know why they do that, right? And I was like, nah. He's like, because you light-skinned, and I'm not. And I was like, man, come on. But, I, you know, in your mind, you don't even think about yeah. that. But then I started paying attention, and that stuff is true. But wow. <laughs> it is true. It is No, nah, I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm giving you a hard time. Uh. No, but, but back to the point. So um, I think when you operate in, in your gifts and, and you – you become a, con- a subject matter expert, yeah. I think then that opens up doors for you. And so I'm able to to be invited to places that I would not have get, gotten into if I didn't operate in my gifts. And I know that sounds very simplistic, um, but I tell people all the time, I would do what I'd do for free if I could figure out how to, to feed my kids. <laughs> and I think that resonates with people. And so you get into these doors that you wouldn't normally get into. And so I think if you don't try to fit into something that is not your purpose, mm-hmm. then you, you those doors open up for you. But wow. but then again, being accountable. Like people know like when they come to the city, like there's people who did business in the city of South Fulton specifically because I was there. Wow. And that they knew that I was gonna do business a certain way, that they were gonna get taken care of. And that resonates with people. When I left the city of South Fulton, I had mayors from other cities reach out to me saying that, you know, we hate that you're leaving the city of South Fulton because you weren't only just good for the city of South Fulton, you were good for the region. Wow. And so when that resonates, that also opens doors for you. And and you just have to be intentional about the work that you're doing. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're marketing gurus like yourselves, if it's like my daughter who's in fashion design, making clothes, if it's economic development, is when you live in that purpose and you and you operate in that and you maximize that, People are going to recognize that, and they're going to want you at the table. And I, that's the really the way the doors opened up for me was just being authentic to myself and living in my purpose. Now, now, let's ahead. talk about the authenticity because mm-hmm. a lot of times I think some folks kind of mistake that. Because, yeah, I, I act a fool on the radio and all right. this type of stuff, and right. we, we joke we have a lot of fun, but when I walk into a boardroom, I act like I'm in a boardroom. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, and, and I don't think that takes away from your authenticity. No. I don't get to sound like a white person at all, but in the same breath, I give it the respect that the situation is. I do some days. Uh, that light-skinned yeah, hate boy, yeah. and they say, you, you, you look take. like him almost. You look <laughs> like him almost. Take, <laughs> Excuse uh, me, uh, <laughs> and this is how, No. <laughs> But seriously, what what does that mean for so many folks? Because everybody, I think, in this day and age is really trying to figure out, all right, how do I show up and be my authentic self right. and, and, and not feel like I'm selling out and this type of right. stuff? So this is this is this is what I tell my children. So this is this is 
parenting advice. And, and okay. so, you know, my daughter, she listens to music. And, of course, that's not, you know, I, I, I ask her, I said, do you have anything that's not talking about sex and drugs? She says, there's anything y'all got. Not if it was made in the last right. uh, two years. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and so that's her playlist. But mm. I also know that she has a playlist of all the stuff I listen to. Like, I, wow. Biggie's my favorite rapper. Okay. She got old, she got old, Say it again. Biggie. She got a whole. Wow, got, play that Biggie for him. Look, <laughs> she, we played Biggie the other day. Kevin didn't even know who it was. On what? the anniversary. Yeah, March 9th. See, you got bad, bad parenting. My daughter <laughs> my daughter got Biggie's shirt. She yeah. got playlists. See, my daughter like Tupac. <laughs> right. See, that's my, all right. My daughter like, like Tupac, bro. Tupac, but I was like, that's Biggie. Talking right. about what's this mess y'all playing on the Oh, radio. man. Mess. KC said that. That was one of them deep cuts, bro. That was a deep cut. No, I, nobody you, heard that. No. But, <laughs> but um, but but the point I tell her is that you know, and I was talking to a group of kids and told them the same thing. I said, "It's okay to be yourself. You got to okay. know when it's appropriate to be this and yeah. when it's appropriate to be that." I said, "Listen, my friends who know me know that we go down to the house of jazz and I turn all the way up. But when I go <laughs> talk to the mayor and council." That's going to be a whole dip, but it's still me. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not, you don't have to just be like a stick in the mud. Yeah. You can be cool and hang out and do all this stuff and turn up. Yeah. And still be a professional that's respected by people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I think what people get so caught up in, they got to be one and then they shun the other one. Uh-huh. And you don't have to do that. You could be. Uh, you know, cool. My my, it takes my best friend to tell you. He's like Pike. Thing I like about you is I could take you to the outhouse. You gonna be okay, or you I could take you to the White House. So you gonna be yeah. okay. Either way, you are gonna be fine. So I'm That's fine crazy. on the farm. I'm fine. You know, at the most powerful house on the planet, I'm gonna be good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And but you have to be. You have to have confidence in yourself and be comfortable with yourself oh, yeah. to be able to function like that. Yeah. And people know, like my man. I reached out to some of my former coworkers when I left the city because everybody in the city is like. Man, this this dude professional is all good. <laughs> but then when I started reaching out to some of my friends on the social, uh, my coworkers on the social thing, it's like I kind of saw some glimpses, but <laughs> <laughs> look, I got some glimpses because I was like, man, you ever hang out on Old National Day? He's like, no, that's that's not my. Scene. I was like, man, I like a little ratchetness now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta, but you gotta know how to fuck. Like you, it's funny because I used to go to the most ratchet places <laughs> in a three piece suit. Everybody look at me like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> but you, it's you, the it's it, the pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but people are pre- I would tell you one time I was um doing a community we were building a park in Albany and they had the um sheriff department brought some of the inmates in to help do some of the building okay and I knew one of the guys now I was on the city commission wow. city council in Albany and so when we were eating lunch, I went over and sat with all the inmates. And I was talking to them. I was t- guy I knew. I was just talking. We just chopped up the whole about an hour, hour and a half. And all these people kept coming over talking to me, all these important people. And the guy said to me, he was like, man, he was like, I just want to say thank you. And I was like, what you mean? And he was like, man, you sit down here and ate lunch with us. He's like, all these important people came over talking to you. He's like, you, you wouldn't embarrass to sit with us. I was like, let me tell you something. We all do stuff oh, yeah. in our life. We all yeah. hit some bumps in the road. But at the end of the day, we're all people. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't care what these, these folk think about me. I was like, I am who I am. I'm not going to shun you. I knew you way before, you know, you went to jail. So, you know. I still know you even though you in jail. Like, I'm not going to be that person. And I think oh, yeah. that resonates with people, yeah. that authenticity. That it's just always going to get you to where you're supposed to be if you're just true to yourself and real with people. Now, right. I want to give you a purpose question um, okay. in regards to finding your purpose. So, mm-hmm. so often we look at our purpose based on what makes a lot of money. Right. Somebody like, yeah, I did this because that was my purpose. 
and then you say, okay, what if you made no money doing it? Right. You know, it, how do you actually be true to yourself and say, this is my purpose right. and this is why I do it? I will tell you, when you operate your purpose, the money will come. When I came to, when I left Albany and went to Villa Rica, where I first started as a Main Street manager, I was making $45,000 a year. Wow. That was in 2015. Mm-hmm. When I left the city of South Fulton, I was making six figures. Mm-hmm. So from 15 to 21 or 22, mm-hmm. I increased that much in salary. So every year I was increasing fifteen, twenty thousand dollars mm-hmm. per year. Because when I went to Villarica, I was Main Street manager. Mm-hmm. Then I got a promotion to downtown development director and tourism. Yeah. Okay. Then I became the economic development director, and mm-hmm. then I got recruited to come over to South Fulton, and then I got a promotion in South Fulton. And, and that every year I was making more and more money. Now, this year that I'm in now, because I started my own business, I'm going to make less money. And yeah. that, but you go into it nah, knowing nah, that when yeah. you first step up. But it's going to come because I'm operating on my purpose. The money follows the purpose. When you're doing wow. what you're supposed to do, the, the money's going to come. Back. Now, you have to work. Now, you have yeah. to work. I'm not saying, oh, well, I'm just doing what makes me feel good. Money's going to show up. No, you got to get. Like, I gave city of south fulton more than 40 hours a week yeah you know oh, what yeah. i'm saying so you have to do more than what is required in order to track that but like i tell people all the time i mean mondays were like fridays for me that's i loved what i did so much that every day was a friday yeah how do you rewind the clock back to when you was making 45 a right. year because see when you're making 45 a year unless some of them bills start piling up right. How, nobody happy at 45. Yeah, well, how <laughs> was you, you know, like, yeah, this still is my purpose. I know I'm not making the money now, but this right. still is my purpose. Because a lot of times, you know, it's like it's like you're one pitch away from that breakthrough. Right. But you're like, I'm looking at it now. Maybe this is not my purpose because I'm not making the money right now. Well, well, I tell you, there, there, it was rough now. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I lived in Atlanta making $45,000 a year. It was rough. But, you know, there were people there. Like, so, for example, I, I, my brother and I were roommates. Mm-hmm. Well, he had a good job. So he was picking up a lot of the slack that I couldn't do yeah. because he knew where I was in that season. Yeah. And, and then we got to a point where our roles kind of changed. Yeah. Uh, but the, the point of the matter is, you know, there – I you know – I, I didn't eat necessarily what I wanted to eat, but I didn't starve. You but you ate saying? McDonald's. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he ate McDonald's, Casey. You know, I, I didn't have. He did it because he had to. I had to. Not yeah. by choice. Uh, you know, I, I had I had the little, you know, old broke down Ford Taurus. <laughs> but, that, hey, I got back and forth to work every day. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So you, you have. And then. But then, even though I was making 45, it increased so significantly, so fast, yeah. that I didn't stay in that season that long. Yeah. And so um, that that's really w- what I say is that, you know, if you do things based off of money, A, you'll never be happy, and then when the money goes away, you'll be ruined. There's been many times that I've started over professionally, mm-hmm. um, but because I was operating my purpose, I still bounced back. Like, there's people looking at me today – when you when you knew the trials and tribulations that I went through when I left Albany, mm-hmm. people look at me now and they're like, "Oh God, we never thought you would survive that." So you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying. So you have to, you know, be. Again, I use that word intentional. You have to be intentional. You have to work. It's not enough just to say I'm operating in my in my passion. You have to actually go out there and work that every day. So um, that that would be my advice on that. Now, now, now turn the conversation to to. Your most recent endeavor, right? Uh, the company that you have built now. Right. Is, tell us a little bit about the company, and and tell us a little bit about who you serve and, and how you help sure. in the community. Um, so, Urban Pulse is uh, we help do economic development planning, so master planning, strategic plans around economic development. 
um, government services. And then we do um, on the private sector side, we help developers understand what the needs are in a community, help those developers get through those that red tape, mm-hmm. help them get to a council meeting without pitchforks from the citizens. And then we do the uh, real estate side of that. So um, what what I'm doing is basically the same thing I was doing for the city of South Fulton. Yeah. I just get to do it for more people now. And so um, we are in the process of, you know, we started this company in February when it came back from Puerto Rico. And so we're in the process of getting some contracts in place and things. And we got some cities that we're um, getting ready to announce that we're working with. But what we do is help them. Uh, I like to call it juice up their economic development strategy. Wow, okay. And so what we want to do is make sure cities, especially cities on the south side. So I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I'm intentional about working south of I-20. That's mm-hmm. going to be the target area that we focus on. We want to make sure those cities are prepared whenever it's time mm-hmm. for this growth, that they are having strategies in place that, A, we're not displacing people, gentrification. Yeah. Um, the people that help build these communities need to be here when the money comes, yeah. and they need to participate in that. So helping them create a strategy around that helping the developers that are coming most from the north side who think that oh only black people should have this type of development wow, helping yeah. them understand no these folks have disposable income mm-hmm. and these folks have the ability to support the type of development they want and we can help you figure out how to get you get the money that you need because at the end of the day the developer needs to make money yeah. but have a quality development that people on the south side can be proud of and so that's what we help do we bridge those okay. gaps uh, we speak the language of government, and we speak the language of the private sector, and we help wow. put those two things together. Okay. Now, now that Amazon's there, is it a game changer? So, I, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble for all this. So, those things like Amazon, those big industrial buildings really have very little positive impact on the community. So, okay. everybody will tell you, oh, they create jobs. They do create jobs. And at this point, because of the labor market, they are creating some good jobs. The working conditions aren't necessarily the best. But the reality is most of the people who live on the south side aren't working those jobs. Those oh, people okay. are coming from other places. So when you're yeah. talking about how are you positively impacting the geographical area that's servicing that building from a fire standpoint or, or mm-hmm. a police standpoint, there's really not much impact. I would I would rather have a uh, a very high dense mixed use development with restaurants and and high, and apartments and stuff like that yeah. than a, than a million square foot industrial building because you're going to get more tax revenue out of the mixed use development mm-hmm. than you are that industrial building. So while you appreciate the fact that you know those jobs do have impact, it's not the level of impact that it's going to have from doing a mixed use development something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Now now what are some of the, the upcoming opportunities? Because you know. Uh, COVID has decimated a lot of different industries, right. and we're starting to see, uh, even uh, Lorenzo talked about, we're in this period of, of new things and, and yeah. new ways of doing business. What do you see as some of the newer opportunities in business yeah. that's going to be coming about? Well, contrary to what a lot of people believe, I, I believe this, that the office is going to come back. Like, people are mm-hmm. people only want to be segregated in their house for so long. So exactly. that work from home, is it, it, it's fine in theory. People like it. But um, I was reading, I think it was Atlanta Business Journal, one one of those, I read all these publications every day, but um, they're saying Atlanta is the top five market for office rentals. And, and, oh, yeah. and so that mm-hmm. office space is coming back. Yeah, I mean, I do it because now I don't have an office to go to. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, it's a good way to save money, but at, at the end of the day, you end up in this in this cycle of you feel yeah. like you should be, anytime you got free time at home, you feel like you yeah, should you be should down be, in the yep, office working. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so that's going to come back. And one of the things that is a, a market that's really underserved on the south side is Class A office space. 
Wow. Um, and so I'm working with a developer now to bring some Class A office space to the south side Yeah. Uh, because there's such a need. And it, it, I have people ask me all the time when I was with the city, they would call two or three times a month. Hey, I need some office space. I need, And I yeah. was like, well, we don't have any on the south side yeah. to give you because they're, all they're building is industrial. So yeah. I think that if you're trying to get into this market and you want to do something that is going to generate some revenue, I think, pretty quickly, um, Class A office space is going to wow. be Yeah, that, that's um, true. Any mixed-use development, because mm-hmm. what's happening is the developers that are coming from the north side, they want to build garden-style apartments with a little strip mm-hmm. in okay. the front retail. You know, we need some real, true mixed-use development. Okay. And so I think anytime you do that, you're going to attract – because I get calls all the time for restaurant space. Well, we don't have any restaurant space wow. because there isn't any being built on the south side. Mm-hmm. So if you think about every, – every time you have – what we call second generational restaurant space, which is a restaurant that closed and has the hood vent and everything in it. I mean, that thing gets leased with like within weeks of the other business closing. So there's mm-hmm. such a demand for it, but nobody's building it. And so I think if you have folks that operate in either one of those spaces, mm-hmm. they're going to kill it because there's just so much demand and so many people looking for the space. So as developers, we can just go in and, and literally build just restaurants in, in the hopes that a restaurant's gonna come in at least this place for us because a lot of times you you kind of think of it in a different manner you kind of think that you know the restaurant itself comes and put all that development together well most of the time restaurants are getting to that bigger restaurants don't want to have the um asset on their books so okay. like if you look like cvs walgreens Publix, they don't actually own any of that because that's mm. that hurts their bottom line they okay, rent okay. that they rent that off and then they they write off the rental Okay. Wow. You know, so okay. so your bigger places aren't trying to buy real estate. So what's happening is you have to have developers come in and build it, and then the restaurants will lease it from wow. them. Okay. Um. So it, it's um. Now you do have some restaurants that are like first generation, like mom and pop restaurants, yeah. and they understand like it would be more beneficial me for own this asset mm-hmm. okay. than to lease. And so you do have restaurants, but the problem is. They don't want to just build on an island and there's nothing else around them. And so that's why you got to have the other mixed use parts to it because, you know, retail and commercial are going to follow rooftops. And yeah. so they're not going to go buy a one acre parcel out in the middle of nowhere and build a restaurant. It doesn't oh, yeah. really help them that much. So it's kind of a double edged sword. You got to figure out how to get the density and the ownership together. So, man, we yeah. got to have you back. We, yeah. we definitely got to have you he back. He said he's and bringing some restaurants to the South Side, and yeah. it's about time. Well, I said, we need class to class some of them. I'm working on the restaurant stuff. I'm working on the we restaurant. We need Bryce. I'm thinking in my head. Because all we got is McDonald's. All we got is McDonald's on the south. We got more than McDonald's. I got some developer friends, bro. We go down there and build it up. But if anybody want to get in contact with you, man, if anybody wants to do business with Urban Pulse, man, how can folks get in contact with you? Because I promise you, everybody is just floored by this interview. You, it's been appreciate that, man. A wealth of knowledge here today, and I even got some new ideas about some business. I'm leaving the radio. I'm gone. Well, you can do both, you know. I'm going to go build me some restaurant. Yeah, yeah, do that. Hey, man, listen, the restaurant business is hard to get into. But if you want to hit me up, um, we're Urban Pulse US on guy. all social media, urbanpulse.us on social on um, on website, URL. L- look us up. Um, we are definitely here to help. Um, even if it's a small mom and pop business that needs yeah. some help just navigating that red tape, we'll, we're happy to help you do that. Because wow. um, you know your your business license get lost, or your uh, you know you're trying to do your zoning application and it gets lost. So we, we're here to help with that. So you don't please want the look at in your business. Yeah, well, government gonna be in your business. <laughs> I, I don't know why people get that. I don't want them money. If you carry around this cell phone, the government is in, in your, your business. business. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it has been another installment. 
See, you even getting applause. Oh, give yeah. me applause. Listen, hey. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to go out on Biggie, too. Yeah. yeah Biggie. We'll play on some Biggie, Biggie on yeah. the way out. <laughs> it's been another installment of the number one rated business show right here on the Real 1100 AM. Trust me, if you are looking to get any advice in business, if, you own, uh, if you're a mayor, if you're a part of a uh, city development team, trust me, you definitely want to get in contact with this man right here, Urban Pulse. Uh, Christopher Pike, trust me, his number one rated approved anti light skin, Jeff. <laughs> so, you know. I'm gonna have to have you bring your partner in next time. So I bring my homeboy. He's just as good as I. He's just as good yeah. as me, but he's just dark skin. Yeah, we, we I told him. I told him some pep is the best thing you ever put on him. Yeah, we're gonna need to balance it out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all so much for joining us. Join us tomorrow for Freedom Friday. We free, and we're gonna ask Dr. P some questions. We'll <laughs> be back in the house, uh, 10 a.m. right here on the Real 1100 AM iHeartRadio. Checking in all over the world. I'm the Rockstar KC, and I'm Mr. Marketology. And we we are out. Let your cherry M3 bang every MC easily. Recently, front ain't saying nothing, so I just speak my peace. Keep my peace. Cubans with the Jesus peace. With my peace. Packing, asking who want it. They got it. Flaunt it. That Brooklyn, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so funny. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so funny.